Hi, Grand Forks, and welcome to Aki Ichabod's Weird Cinema Live from Grand Forks Best Source. Hope you're staying weird out there, Grand Forks. Uh, tonight we're going to be talking about a, a, a favorite of mine called uh, Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City. So, Whoop, Dale cameo. <laughs> That's how we roll. Yes, yes. I'm really looking forward to talking about Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City. Big... Big new cast, big new reboot after like, what, six Resident Evil films with the previous cast. But before we get jumping onto there, we're going to make sure to give a shout out to our friends at the River Cinema 15 and the Shire Bar and Grill, where we want you to make them your next dinner and a movie destination. They're located inside the River Mall in East Grand Forks and you can either dine inside the movie memorabilia-laden restaurant, the Shire, or take your meal to go to the movie you'll be attending. Some of this week's featured attractions are Sun, Missing, and The Whale. And you can find the complete listing of showtimes and movies on the website at rivercinema15.com. Don't forget, Tuesday is $5 movies all day long, and the Senior Matinee Special on Wednesday and Thursdays for just $5.50. The River Cinema 15 has multiple theaters with luxury recliners, expanded concessions that now serve adult beverages, and is family-owned and operated, which also operates the Grand Theater in Crookston. And you can find their listings of showtimes and films on morefamilytheaters.com. So check them out, River Cinema 15 and the Shire Bar and Grill. All right, Icky. So, what? What? We're diving into the world of Resident Evil. Welcome to Raccoon City. There's been a ton of movies, but I guess first off, big fan of the games. I'm a big fan of the games, and I was not a big fan of the original movies because they had nothing to do with the games. Basically, well, they share some characters and some some general things. Like the third movie has Nemesis, that big ass huking uh, villain that. Just stalks you throughout the entire game in some form in the movie, though it's a bit different. But well, you know, in 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 uh, in the original movies, Rac- Raccoon City was supposedly this huge bustling metropolis. When it was like the, in the game, it was like this really little town. Yeah, that first one was mostly just take took the first film with Mila, Mila Jovovich mostly took place inside that uh, mansion in the hive, or it mansion. was like a hospital, like the umbrella headquarters, right? No, yeah. it was yeah. it was the hive. It was underneath the. Or like the underground lair or something like that. Layer, it's been a yeah. long time. Um, so, but what, what what about the some of your old favorite Resident Evil games? Resident Evil Three, probably Resident Evil Two and Resident Evil One. I think they kind of went downhill after that. I you know I loved the one in the desert. I think that was Extinction, right? That was like a fun summer action romp. And then the first 3D one, Afterlife. I thought they actually did some of the best 3D work out of when, during the big 3D boom. I liked uh, I liked how they portrayed the Umbrella Corporation as this huge pharmaceutical military weapons organization in the original Resident Evil movies. But I, I liked how they portrayed them as just more of a pharma like a hometown pharmaceutical company in the new movies. That's a that's why I uh, the first Resident Evil game. I like that one so much because. You know, you start out in a mansion, yeah, and you don't realize like all of a sudden this is just going to go into like this huge, you know, research facility, and it's just like just totally hidden. And I think you don't find out until like halfway into the game. Gosh, it's been so long. Well, here's the thing, you know, the movie is about a company named the Umbrella Corporation who's doing testing on the people of Raccoon City with this new virus called the T virus, which reanimates dead cells. And basically, one of the characters gets a, a text that says, we're going to destroy Raccoon City at 6 a.m. And it's basically them trying to escape the city. So, 
Yeah, so it's interesting, Paul, you bring up, you know, the first one taking place in a mansion, uh, the video game. Because this movie, Welcome to Raccoon City, it's like, it's a reboot pretty much for the films because they're not related to any of the previous uh, Mila Jovovich, uh, Paul W.S. Anderson films, the six prior. So it's all new cast. And this, this new movie pretty much incorporates the plots from the first two games. So you, you have the, the mansion uh, where they have a squad of... Uh, Sold. Stars, yeah, star. That's special it, that. tactic and rescues. I can never. Something. I always get hung up on that uh, on that acronym for it, uh, but or anagram. But uh, and then you have another s- squad of characters trying to hold hold up the fort at the police station. So it's like two plots of the t- the first two video games going on at the same time. How, what did y'all think of that? I liked it. I liked how they did it personally. Yeah, when I was watching this, I mean, because I wasn't a fan of the Mila Jovovich ones. Mila Jovovich was good. Uh, She was good in The Fifth Element, and she was also good in uh, Anne Flux, I think it was, or or no, Ultraviolet. Ultraviolet. See, I thought Ultraviolet was just garbage. But, But anyway, I mean, so this, you know, this movie, like, the fact that it had nothing to do with that, that was refreshing, because I thought this was done way better. And it's more like the game. It's yeah. more like the game. It take, even takes place in the year the game came out. Actually. Yeah, 1998, the first game. That is actually a nice callback because I think I'm with you for the most part. I'm other than the two I mentioned of the six Resident Evil movies. I'm mostly yeah, I'm mostly like that feeling for the original movies, except with the only exemption being the two I mentioned earlier. But uh, yeah, I'm with you. I really like this new fresh take with this new reboot, this new cast, and you pretty much got the whole all star lineup from all the Resident Evil games there too. You, get, you got Wesker, you got uh, Claire and Chris Redfield, Chris Claire and Chris Redfield, Leon yeah. Kennedy. Um, though Leon Kennedy, that character, the way they portray him compared to the games, uh, we got Avon Jogia playing uh, Leon Kennedy. Is that the guy with the long curly blood? Black hair in the corner. Yep, he's all the way. Uh, yep, towards you. Yep, there we go. There we go. That this guy right here. That's Leon Kennedy, and he's a rookie cop in the in the movie. And sure enough, in the in the game, when you first play him in Resident Evil Two, I think he's like a rookie cop. But in the movie, he's like totally aloof. The stereotypical klutz. Like, all right, we're sticking you behind desk duty, you, you moron. And like, he wasn't like this at all in the video games. I don't know. Did they get that impression too? I guess. Yeah, I like I liked how uh, how when the guy who's testing on the kids from uh, the orphanage where Claire and, Claire and Chris Redfield were uh, became tyrant, he he dot, uh, Alex Wesker shoots him, and then basically he injects himself with the T virus to kind of give him his path for him getting in his in, in the games, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and they, you kind of get a little nod to that in the bonus credit scene for Wesker because, uh, I don't know if we're jumping on a little too early, Wesker meets a demise of sorts, not to give anything too away, but in the bonus credit scene, they kind of show like a similar thing where like, hey, why am I back to life again? And uh, and sure enough, they're doing some special procedure on Wesker. So so he's going to become Tyrant, I believe, or not uh, Nemesis, I believe then. Yeah. It's yeah. I thought Wesker, like before all that goes down, when he's part of the squad, there he kind of has that nice ambiguous role where he can't tell whose side is he on. Well, remember Wesker from the Milo Jovanovich movies was actually an umbrella agent. He was the one who wears the sunglasses. Yep. And- he kind of had that look down from the games in the in the previous movies, the Paul W S Anderson movies. But he was like more of like a side bad guy, not the main bad guy. But uh, yeah. So how did you think how they? 
how they portrayed the whole town succumbing to the zombie airborne thing. Well, you know, basically, Umbrella had been slowly leaking the, the virus into the water supply and things like that, yeah. just in order to test what it did. So, yeah, they kind of show the town... Regular townsfolk slowly getting like their eye bleeding at the, that creepy diner scene. Yeah. And uh, I did like some of the callbacks to the games in here. What'd you think of the classic wine, Jill Sandwich? Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> what? Jill Sandwich? Yeah. It, the, you like, found herb. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. You know, those early video games had notoriously bad voiceover work. And like some of the dialogue, the localization work was a little iffy because at that point in. Video game technology left a little bit to be desired, wasn't as polished, and yeah, the way they incorporated it in the movie is good. And what did you think? Were there parts where you forgot it was taking place in 1988 when they do some reference well, to some know, of the technology? They, they, they're playing. He's uh, one of the guys is sitting at the front of the uh, police station. He's listening to that song "Crush" that came out, you know, and then that that's that uh, um, semi truck impales the front of the. Uh, police station yeah that's probably one of the most incompetent truck drivers ever he was like eating the greasiest cheeseburger ever yeah and then his dog eats some flesh from a zombie and becomes a zombie dog and then it bites him and he becomes a zombie truck driver yeah that poor you you know they had it coming i mean original resident evil that's one of the most iconic parts of the game the zombie dogs so how do you think did you think they get the zombie dogs portrayed respectfully uh, in the in the movie yeah i i believe so but uh the thing that i didn't like about the mileage ivanovich movie was the liquor was the bad guy team you the only thing you saw besides the liquor was zombies but in the resident evil games you see all sorts of things. You see liquors, you see zombie dogs, you see tyrant, you see nemesis, you see all these different mutations. And there wasn't that in the original Resident Evil movies. Yeah, I guess they, they kind of tried to change things up for this new reboot here. It's um, supposed to be more like the game. Yeah, that's what I felt too. It felt like a better portrayal of a game. And it still felt like a, a summer zombie action blockbuster at the same time. Did, did I, you get that feeling too? Yeah, I had a friend who was really addicted to uh, Walking Dead. And yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to talk about this for a second if that's okay. Yep. Um, it's based after a comic book. But the comic book is totally different than the TV show. Well, there's there's similarities, yes. But Daryl Dixon was not a character in the comic book. There was a lot of stuff that they just made up for the, the show, you know, so it's not true to the comic. Yeah, yeah. That- I you know I missed the boat on The Walking Dead. I, I was one of those ones where oh maybe I'll watch it. I think it was a little bit too much in the cultural zeitgeist. Where I was like maybe give it some time to wrap up, and it just finally wrapped up like a few months ago. I uh, I read I watched the first three episodes and I couldn't watch anymore personally because I had read the comic book and I enjoyed the comic more than I enjoyed the TV show. Yeah, I got I think into the fourth season and then I finally hung up on it because it was just going nowhere. I think that's what I heard the general public reception was for, too. Like, around, like, fourth or fifth season, a lot of people... It had a big drop-off in audience. Well, my friend, you know, had... Uh, he, he made his bedroom into a Walking Dead museum. He had all this stuff signed by Daryl and all these action figures and posters. And it was just a whole room just full of Walking Dead stuff. So, bless him, he passed away a few years ago, but... Oh, shoot. Well, that's one of the things that I like about uh, Resident Evil as opposed to uh, these other zombie movies. Because, you know, if it is something that was injected into 
people to create these zombies. At least they're going beyond just dead people walking around. I mean, then you get the, these huge monsters and different variations of the... And I did like how they did have a good explanation for why the, the Stars team didn't turn didn't turn into the zombies because a lot of them, they were you know, residing in the town. They're like, wait a second, how come we're not zombies? And that's because they like their chief says oh, they were all injected with like shots or something, their yearly shots or something. I guess it was to help make them immune from the stuff that uh, Umbrella was re- releasing into the water supply. But uh, So they had an antibody to it. Yep. But they only had so much to go around, so that's why the police only got it up. Well, you know, that, that was that was an interesting character we didn't touch on yet. He's not in the background. The chief, I forget his name. Uh, the Chief Irons, played by Donald Logue. I always remember him from Gotham, one of the main detectives in that show. Um, I keep thinking, like, oh, this is going to be a he's going to be one of the earliest victims to go because I don't remember him in the games. But he hung around there for quite a bit, huh? Yep. Yep. <laughs> well, he was trying to escape. He's like, screw this. Once he realized the whole town was going to hell, but then the city was getting blocked off by the military. And so he kind of reluctantly goes back and joins up with, you know, rookie cop Leon Kennedy. And then when they, they kill him, he's just, what was it, like a big old tentacle just drops down and just snatches him up or something, right? <laughs> I think so. Yeah, just like, all right, he's out of the picture now. But yeah, he hung around there for quite a bit. <laughs> you know, and... You got to look at the town too, because the town is just basically just this big testing facility for this virus. You know, as you, as you said, the diner scene, and then the scene when she's looking out of her brother's house and into that other house, and that woman is just standing there. But there's a good zombie in this movie too, which is kind of weird because the good zombie helps them kill the liquor mm-hmm. in the uh, Raccoon City uh, orphanage where they were testing the virus, also. Yeah, you get some flashbacks to the backstory of like Chris and Claire there, and yeah, it's yeah they, they you get some hints of that greater Resident Evil lore. Um, so how did you like how it kind of wraps up there as it gets towards the back half of the movie? It shows like both teams kind of reuniting there eventually there uh, when Leon meets up with the main Chris and Claire and and kind of how they kind of just everything starts to go to hell inside the Spencer mansion when they get just trying to escape all the zombies going after them. And they, they, they find that the only thing that I that is reminiscent of the original movie is the train. Yeah, I was going right. to say, yeah, they end up kind of escaping on like some big underground labyrinth that takes them to a train or something like that, right? Yeah. And then uh, the, uh, the uh, scientist who injected himself with the T-virus turns into this really cool monster. Yeah, I love the end scene with you know, battle with the you know him becoming this ginormous thing. <laughs> yeah, you gotta have the big ultimate mutant zombie to go yeah. against, like like in the Resident Evil games. You gotta have that that ultimate last boss battle. Um, so I did want to make sure to mention for people, I was when you mentioned Icky that this was the movie of the week. I usually. You know, because I do that big screens and TV streaming show, I got way too many streaming services. I'm like, all right, it has to be on one of those streaming services. It, it, it wasn't. And so usually my backup is, you know, Vudu. You can rent movies or YouTube. You can rent movies from, from there, almost any movie, for like three or five bucks. I'm like, okay, I'll rent it. It's on Vudu, but not for rent, only for purchase. <laughs> and so, yeah, I was like, and the only other way you can watch it is if you have like a star subscription or a star subscription add-on. To yeah. like Pluto or Hulu or something like that, which I don't. So it is very tricky to track down. And uh, I still have Netflix discs, but it was too late for me to swap out the disc for it and get it in time for the show. But I did see it when it hit theaters originally a year ago, and I, I kind of refreshed myself watching a few clips from the past week. But 
Yeah, it stuck with me. I, I'd say overall, I'm, I thought this was a great reboot for the series. How about, how, how about for you guys overall? I loved it, personally. It's probably one of my favorite uh, video game movies besides Silent Hill. Easily, would you say your favorite of all the Resident Evil movies, Paul, or other ones? That you see? Yeah, I would, I would say that this is uh, done better than the prior ones, you know, because uh, like I said, I wasn't a fan. I'm not a fan of Mira, Mila Jovovich. I liked her in Fifth Element, but that's probably about it. But yeah, no, I mean, this is a, it was a it was a good remake. I, I don't think it's like the greatest movie on earth. Yeah, but, not the but greatest. I think, but, but I think it was. It's probably as far as the Resident Evil movies go. This this is the best yeah. one. Yeah, on the video game movie curve, it's super thumbs up. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, I thought this is. You know, I was looking online for research. I'm like, okay, this originally hit theaters in November 2021. So you know, I was thinking. I imagine a, se- a sequel has to be officially announced in the works, and I couldn't find anything. So no officially announced production work, or I couldn't find a, like a teaser trailer or any- and anything, which is surprising because I looked up the box office, and it did good. It had a $25 million budget, and it had a $42 million box office overall because even all the older Resident Evil movies are like perfect for like the zombie slasher movie crowd. So they always bring in good box office, compared, especially compared to other video game movies. So I think it's surprising there hasn't been a sequel announced yet. Um, and as far as uh, other Resident Evil, the last major Resident Evil property that hit uh, movie or TV-wise was that Netflix series last year. Uh, I only saw the first episode. I thought it was all right, but I didn't stick it out. I think you said you watched it all, Paul? Yeah, I don't, I don't think I finished the season. I think I um, checked out after, like, the fifth episode because uh, it just wasn't very good. Well, you know, for those who don't know, Icky is a, a an official umbrella employee. So, oh, that's right. You got the emblem on on your coat. Yeah, yeah. Oh man. Uh, but as far as Rotten Tomato scale, it's kind of a little. Uh, critics did thirty percent, but audience fared a bit better, sixty five percent. I think it for you know fans of zombie slasher movies, this little is a safe bet, right? I would say so. Yeah. I would say so. I gotta say something about that. Uh, yeah. Hey, there you go. All right. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, any other final thoughts? Not really. Not really. Well, um, I'm gonna give a shout out to some other GFBS shows from earlier in the week. Here, so make sure to check out our sister entertainment review show on GFBS: Big Screens and TV Streams. This week, we dive into the movie Glass Onion: A Knives Out Mystery. And also uh, the the big new series on HBO Max, Last of Us. We're going to be talking about that. So make sure to check out the latest episode. And then uh, on the GFBS interview this week, uh, Emberly Leitz and Allison Peterson are guests this week talking all about giving Hearts Day. And on Dirty Thursday, this Lake Cavern Ice Racers, Tim Juwawa and Andy Shimpa are guests on the latest episode. So if you want to help support GFBS, leave us a five-star review on Google or check out that donate link on top of the GFBestSource.com website. And before we preview next week's show, we got a quick word from our friends at Executive Properties. Our team of professionals at Executive Properties Construction have over 30 years of experience. We pride ourselves on doing quality work at a reasonable rate for our customers. Just check out what past customers have said in our amazing Google reviews. Then contact us today to get started on a bid for your next project. You can call us at 701-330-1273 or email info at executiveproperties.org. And check it out. We're hiring. We're building our new team for snow removal for this upcoming season. Contact Jess for more info at jess at executiveproperties.org. All right, Icky, what's the big movie for next week? I'd like to do The Hills Have Eyes too. 
The remake. That was the one from like a few years back, or I forget yeah. when the remake hit. Or... I don't remember exactly, so... Okay, I'll, well, yeah, I'll have to look it up after the show here. All right. Well, you know, as we say in uh, the Icky Ichabod crypt, we say, stay weird, Grand Forks. Thank you.